Welcome to Study Abroad Stories, a podcast by the Queen's College Study Abroad Office. In this podcast, you'll hear study abroad tips and advice, as well as stories of adventure, friendship, and personal growth. Tune in to hear interviews with previous study abroad students, study abroad directors, and more. Ready to step out of your comfort zones and into the beautiful unknown? Make the world your classroom. So I'm here with Kony, who studied abroad in Japan, and she's going to tell us a little bit about her experience and why she chose to study abroad. So Kony, could you introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, um, my name's Kony. I'm majoring in Media Studies and East Asian Studies. And last year, I studied abroad in Waseda University in Tokyo for a year. And how did you choose the location? Why Tokyo? Why Waseda University? Well, I'm from the city. I'm from New York. And I couldn't really think of going anywhere that's not as big as New York. (laughs) So then I thought the next biggest thing would be Tokyo. And my family's from there anyways, so it was kind of perfect. And how did you choose the length of your stay? So what made you pick an academic year as opposed to one semester or a winter summer session? I definitely wanted to experience the whole year and be able to experience all the different activities. I thought a semester would be way too small and I didn't want to go and then leave. So I wanted to just be there for a year to make it feel like I'm there, you know? I don't know if that makes sense. When your first semester was over, did it feel like it passed by very quickly? And were you happy at that point that you had chosen to stay another semester? It went by way too fast. Some of my friends were only there for a semester. And by that time, the semester ended. They were already going back home to their country. And I felt like I was just getting to know them. It was really sad. But yeah, even a year felt so like little and so short so I don't know how I I would have done if it was a semester. Did you get homesick at all during that year? Did you miss New York? Definitely the beginning of the semester of the first semester I was getting really homesick because it was hard to make friends and it was it was really hard to kind of adapt but once I got into my second semester it was much more smooth and I didn't really feel homesick it was more like I really wanted to stay and didn't want to go back home. (laughs) A lot of students always have questions about scholarships and money. So do you have any Mm -hmm. tips about scholarships, budgeting, things like that? And anyone who's listening, just please note that scholarships change from semester to semester, year to year. So some scholarships that are mentioned might no longer exist by the time you're hearing this. So I wasn't able to get any scholarships because I'm a Japanese citizen. So a lot of the scholarships are towards non-Japanese citizens. So that kind of sucked. But other than that, I was able to get FAFSA. And that's the regular amount that I would get through the school year. So that was very helpful. And I just saved a lot of money beforehand. (laughs) I barely went out to go eat. I was always like, no, I need to save money. I need to save money. My friends were really annoyed at me because they were like, let's go out. I'm like, no, I need to save money. But they were like, it's only like one meal. But I'm like, no, that meal adds up. I need to save. But because I was able to save a lot of money, I was able to enjoy myself and kind of like spend a lot while in Japan. How much would you say for Tokyo specifically, because it's different for 
each city. How much would you say a student would need for one semester? Or how much did you need? Because it's also a very personal thing. For one month, I used maybe like a thousand two hundred dollars, but that's also including dorm and food. But that's also because I kind of like eating out a lot. <laughs> but it's also my dorm was a double dorm, so I was able to save a lot of money. How much would you say a typical meal cost when you went out? It would be around ten to twelve dollars. But if you can go somewhere that's not that expensive, you can find stuff for about five dollars. Oh wow. At least when I studied abroad, there were still places that only accepted cash. Mm-hmm. How was that in Japan? I know they're a lot more technologically advanced. So were you able to use your card everywhere or did you find that you had to have cash on you as well? Cash is still pretty important in Japan. So even, I don't remember really carrying around my card. I kind of only used it to get out money from the ATM. And we all just kind of used cash everywhere so how many suitcases did you bring coney <laughs> i think i only brought one look at that one suitcase <laughs> and she studied abroad for a year that's how you do it because <laughs> i knew i was gonna come back with a lot of stuff exactly there are people who study abroad for four weeks and bring two suitcases <laughs> how are they going to bring stuff back exactly you can repeat oh. clothes Right, and then also I just bought a lot of clothes, so from the beginning, I didn't really bring a lot of clothes there. And in terms of clothes, how many shirts and pants did you bring? I don't know if you remember, but just so people get an idea. And how many pairs of shoes? I think I only brought two shoes. And it was like one sneaker and one boots. And then I only bought one other shoe in Japan. Because shoes take up so much space. Oh, yeah. And then t-shirt-wise, I don't I don't think I bought that many. I was like, maybe like five-ish. And I also bought a bunch over there. <laughs> like, I think the first week I went there, I just kind of went on like a whole spree. We usually tell people to wait like a month to get accustomed <laughs> with the area so you know where to buy things. So, did you have any culture shock? I know... You're half Japanese, you'd already been to mm-hmm. Japan before. Did you have any culture shock being there for a longer period of time? I'm not sure if it's exactly culture shock, but I was really shocked at the elevators because <laughs> they have no mercy. In America, you know, the doors for the elevators would close and you kind of plop your ha- hand in and it opens back up through the th- that sensors. But in Japan, they don't have that. I don't know why, but they don't. So even if you, like, stick your hand in, it kind of, like, squishes you until it realizes it's, like, squishing you. And then opens back up. So there was multiple times which I would see an elevator door closing. And I would kind of, like, rush to get in. And then get squished. So basically, the tip (laughs) is to never run to an elevator door that's closing in Japan. Speaking of being squished... And still related to culture shock, I've heard about the train system in Japan. Mm-hmm. Was that a shock to you? And can you describe it for people who may not know what it's like over there? So during rush hour in Japan, it gets crazy and the subways get so cramped that you can't, you can barely walk. Or not even walk, you can't even stand. 
But luckily, since my school, Waseda was right near the dorm, I wasn't, I didn't really experience squish, squish. <laughs> but I was able to experience like a little bit of traffic. And still, like, they, even if there's no space, Japanese people would make space. Like, it's crazy. Like, the littlest space, they're like, yup, I can fit in. And then they fit in. They have Makes people no whose job it is to push people in,、yeah. right? They literally just shove people in. I was like, how? And, and they don't, like, even if they can't get in, and they're like half their bodies already sticking out, they, they, they don't get off. They're like so determined to get on. It's like, bro, at that point, I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> and yet, their subways are extremely clean, right? So clean. They're also on time. When did you see yourself using the subway since you lived right next to Asada University? I would always go out and go to different places. So after school or during weekends, I would always take the train and go somewhere. And the trains run about every five to eight minutes, sometimes about like three minutes if you're lucky. And everyone's so quiet on the trains. That's also a culture shock. So, there are no subway dancers or anything? <laughs> They would shut it down so quickly. Is it a 24 hour system? No, it closes after maybe 12 30 a.m. ish. Did you have a lot of homework? What were the classes like? Did they have tests the same way we do in our American classes, where it's, I don't know, once a month? Or do you just have a midterm and a final? So, I think it's mostly kind of similar. The lectures, because I was in the SILS, so it's called the School of International Liberal Studies. So you'd have to take lecture courses and then Japanese courses. So those are two different.、Um, so our lecture courses, I think, were kind of similar to American style, because it's kind of just piling up like 50 students in a room and just listening to a professor talk. And they kind of just talk for like. An hour and a half or like two hours. And that's about it. <laughs> But the tests, we didn't, I don't remember having that many tests or homework. But we did have essays at the end of the semester that you have to write a lot. All the tests and exams are just so hard. I wanted to ask you about friendship abroad versus friendship in New York. Did you find that there was a difference between the two? I think it's so much more easier making friends abroad because everyone's kind of going through the same things you are. And they, also, I, they have the same motives as you. You know, you want to travel, you want to experience new stuff, and they also want to do that. So just having the same mindset is just really much more easier. And did you make your friends that first week? And if so, how did you meet them? I think the first, it was really stressful because it was also like everyone was moving in at different times. Even though we had like this two days that we were supposed to move in, I moved in the first day. So a lot of people weren't in the dorms at all until the second day. So it's kind of like really trying to find people to talk to, but no one was in the dorms. So I was like, I think I was just hopping through different floors. Like just peeping into the kitchens, hoping that there was anyone there. So you're making an effort to talk to people? 
right yeah <laughs> i usually don't make any efforts like i just i don't i'm pretty anti-social but while there i was like no i need i need to make friends and it's so easy to make friends i think because if you just see someone the easiest way to make conversation if you're both like because my dorm was all exchange so we all knew we were from like different places so you kind of just go up to them and be like hi where are you from <laughs> You can meet people mm-hmm. from all over, just from that one question, where are you from? And you're not always going to click with the first person you talk to. But I do find that if you keep making an effort, you will find your group of friends. Um, I know that you joined at least one club. Did that help you in terms of making friends? Yeah, so I joined this club called Waseda International Festival. So it's like a dance club. It's so much easier to make friends because, I don't know, the clubs itself was really friendly. So after every rehearsal, which was about two two days a week, we practiced for maybe like two hours dancing. And then we all go out and eat. So that was really fun because we would just go eat and just talk after rehearsal. I know you already spoke Japanese before going. How difficult do you think it would be? Or easy (laughs) would it be for an american who doesn't speak japanese to study abroad in japan i think it's super easy because i had a friend who spoke no japanese like she wasn't even planning to study in japan but she was there (laughs) but she spoke zero like absolutely nothing but she was able to live there for a year and she did fine and by the end of it she picked up a few words because the workers and everywhere has English and the menus are also mostly in English and that is Tokyo that's yeah that's only Tokyo but I I heard that even in Tokyo sometimes it was hard to find people that speak English do you think that really depends on the area of Tokyo that you're in I think it depends on the people because young people usually speak English but you know the older people usually don't speak as much English so it might be a little bit like smaller restaurants they probably don't really speak English and I know that you traveled while you were in Japan but also after you came back from Japan (laughs) so can you talk about that (laughs) so I bought this thing called the JR pass and that lets you travel for a week um, unlimited bullet train so i was able to use that and go about like different cities almost every day for like a week so it was really amazing and i was able to go to like hokkaido which is like all the way up of japan like tip tip up and then i was able to stop by tokyo for like a night and just sleep in my dorm (laughs) and then from there i went all the way down to like kyoto and osaka and nara and then a little bit more down like hiroshima so it was, it was really tiring, but I feel like you have to push yourself in this kind of stuff because like you're not really going to have any other opportunities like this. During your year abroad, did you travel outside of Japan? Right, um, because Japan is so close to like other countries in Asia, I was able to hop over to Korea and then Taiwan. I didn't have classes on the weekends. I also didn't have any classes on Monday. And then on Friday, I only had a morning class. I planned it all through. I was like, all right, if I ever want to travel, go the night of the 
Friday, and then I can stay until, like, Monday, I mean, Tuesday morning, if anything, and just come back, you know? So then I was able to do, like, weekend trips to Korea and Taiwan, like that. What was your favorite part about studying abroad? I think for me, it was dorming, because, I don't know, ever since I was younger, I always wanted to have, like, college experience in dorming. But since I went to Queen's College, I didn't. I don't dorm. <laughs> so I was kind of like a little sad. But I was like, it's okay, I'm going to dorm in Japan. And just having that experience and being able to, you know, stay up in the kitchen until night, you know, studying, just talking with friends. And just having like, just, I don't know, just having like people, like you just wake up and then someone's in the kitchen. You're like, oh, good morning, you know, just like friends. But then when we want our own time, we go to their own rooms. How have you grown through your time abroad? Do you feel like it's changed you as a person? I definitely became more independent and not afraid to do my own stuff. And yeah, like, I feel like before I would be really scared to travel by myself. It's like, oh my god, by myself, no way. And I'm a bit more social, I would like to believe. Before I would like not talk to anyone but now I'm a little bit better (laughs) um what was one hardship that you had and how'd you overcome it it was definitely like the homesick part for the first week it was just so hard to make friends and I was like how am I gonna survive this for a year I was like no way I can do this but I did it and Did studying abroad affect your career choice or major in any way? I've been always determined for just like media studies and East Asian studies since like I got into school and I'm still doing that. But I think it's been affecting me for like my internships and stuff because I have it on my resume. And every time I go to like an interview, they're so like curious about to study abroad and they, they really like that on the resume. And they were like, whoa, you know, you studied abroad. Like, how was that? You know, they they really like to ask questions about it. And since only 10% of Americans study abroad, Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes you more likely to get the job. Is there anything you wish you would have done that you did not do? Um, I would say to talk to more people. I think, yeah, I was... I wasn't as afraid as I would thought I would be, but I wish I kind of spoke a little bit more. Because especially because I can speak Japanese, I didn't really speak to Japanese people because they still kind of intimidated me. <laughs> so I feel like maybe I should have like gave a little bit more effort so I can make more Japanese friends because I barely made any. Um, all my friends were like international. And then, yeah, or going to more events. Or just going outside in general. Like, even though I went out every single day, almost every day, I feel like I should have gone to, like, different places. Because I would go to the same place, like, every day. Is there one story that sums up your experience? So, my friends from back home, they came to visit me for two weeks. It was really fun because, you know, having friends from back home in a place, in a different place, is like, such a different experience than, like, hanging out with them in New York. So one day, it was the last day, they were here for two weeks. And then we were kind of just hanging out in like Shibuya. 
and just chilling. And then, I don't know how, but we just somehow missed the last train. And it was like 12.30 a.m. And we were like, oh my god, like, how do we get home? Like, we missed the last train. <laughs> and we're like, oh, word. So then I was like, you know what? My dorm isn't that far from here. Let's walk home. It is so far away. I don't know why I thought that. But it's about like two hours of just walking. And <laughs> But it was like much more than that because we were walking so slow. <laughs> so we were just walking to my dorm for like the whole night. And then by the time we got to my dorm, it was like 4.30 a.m. <laughs> and the sun was rising. <laughs> Let's say you met your past self and you wanted to give your yeah. past self advice from right before the program started. What would you tell yeah. yourself? I would say, don't be afraid, go outside every day, go experience new stuff every day, and don't take weekend classes, Um, try to open some days during the week so you don't have classes on those days, you can also travel during those days, just travel a lot in general, Um, yeah, just go out. And if there's someone that you met who is hesitant to study abroad, um, mm-hmm. either because they're scared to go to a different country for that long or because of money issues, mm-hmm. um, fearing that they don't want to spend all of that money on that kind of experience, what would you tell right. them? I say that it's worth it. Like, yeah, you're spending so much money. Like, that's... My bank account was not looking good. But... It's so worth it, you know, you have so many stories, like, I do not regret at all, like, you're gonna grow so old, and you're gonna be like, oh my god, that time when I studied abroad, like, you're gonna be talking about it for the rest of your life, you know, like, every time I look at my photo album, I'm, like, slightly crying, I'm like, oh, what a good time, (laughs) like, even if you're scared of anything, you know, just do it, like, even if you go... And it might not be as fun as you imagined. You're still, like, experiencing a different culture. And, like, you're still... That's still an experience that you wouldn't not been able to get. I don't think you can study abroad and come back the same person. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to tell everyone? and Anything you'd like to leave off on? Just do it. If you want to study abroad, do it. Go. <laughs> I agree completely. Thanks so much, Courtney. To see our students' beautiful travel pictures, follow us on Instagram, at QCTravels. Like our podcast? Consider leaving us a rating. Visit our website, qc.cuny.edu slash studyabroad to find out more about our programs.